Good morning. Good morning. I'm Dan Nargulies. I'm filling in for by Linzer while he is not here. Today is July 18th. It is the 12th of Tammuz, and today's daf is Mem Chet. We're starting on the fourth line of Mem Chet Amud Aleph. Michael, you said you had a question already. We didn't start. Okay. Okay, so we're starting from the Gemara. It says Tashma at the end of the fourth line on the top of Mem Chet Amud Aleph. So we're going to have a case which is uh, similar to some of the cases in the previous Mishnah. We're going to have a case about, um, which gets into some tangential topics about Sinias a little bit, which is interesting. And then we're going to have a number of cases from Rava that are similar to the case in the Mishnah, and we'll see how far we get. So Tashma. You brought, so someone brought his uh, animal into the property of someone else without permission. A third party's ox enters into the property. So someone is going to be exempt from the damages in this case. We're going to have to see, is it going to be the person who owns the second shore, or is it going to be the owner of the chatzir? Wait, the whole someone is part of someone else's chayav? Is that what you're saying? Well, we're going to have to see. The, the, this is an unclear... Right. If you brought it in with permission, then he, unclear who the he is, chayav. So man patur, man chayav. So who's the one who's going to be patur, and who's the one who's going to be chayav? So la patur bala chatzir, v'chayav bala Are we really saying that the bal hachatzir is going to be patur if he did not give permission. But if he gave permission to bring the animal in, then he's going to be responsible to the first party, the fact that the third party caused the damage. He didn't do anything. What? Just because he wasn't watching it carefully enough? I mean, we're seeing here that the owner of the property has a certain amount of shmira, But that seems a little bit extreme. So, though, patur bal hashor, v'chayav bal hashor. No. The third party who owns the second animal who caused the damage is the one who's going to be either patur or chayav. So what does it matter then that it was with the permission of the owner of the chatzir? Because the third party obviously didn't have permission at all. So why does it matter whether the first party got permission either way? So my So He must be according to Rabbi Tarfon's position. We saw already Rabbi Tarfon is of the opinion So what does Rabbi Tarfon say? Rabbi Tarfon says even though Shor Tam normally pays chatzinezek, even a short time, according to Rabbi Tarfon, if it's in Rashut Hanizak, if it's in a private property, pays Nezek Shalem, full damages. Rabbi Tarfon thinks Chasi Nezek for a short time is only in Rashut Harabim. And therefore, the fact that whether there was Rashut or not, that is, whether there was permission or not for this person to bring his animal in, is what makes it whether it was deemed to be Chatzar Hanizak or Rashut Harabim whether it was private property or public property that is it's not actually whether it's private or public property but the fact of granting permission to bring your animal in makes it more of a public property and thus it would be a case of Patur that is the owner of the shore is Patur from paying Nezek Shalem but would still pay Chatzin Nezek that's not what it sounds like at all that's not what it sounds like at all that's the first attempt at understanding this price. That is, this is all according to Rabbi Tarfon, and the fact of granting Rashut or not makes it whether it's Rashut HaRabim, where you only pay Chatzinezek, or if it's Chatzar HaNizak, where you would pay Nezek Shalem. Well, you know, exactly. So, okay. Yeah, this is yes. not exact. Technically, Chatzar HaNizak should be the Chatzar of the person who suffered the damage. That's a very good point. 
it's not actually in a technical sense chater hanizak because it does not belong to the owner of the animal except that the owner of the animal was given permission to bring his animal in so to some extent that is considered a granting of ownership we saw already the fact that the right to put your fruit out in someone else's property is also a sort of kinyan in the property itself it almost becomes uh, now you're going to have to ask another question it is many levels the other question we saw is already there was a machloket previously in the second parak I think about chater hashutvin where there was damage caused but the Rishonim note the difference between chater hashutvin where one partner damages the other this is a third party damaging something in a chater hashutvin so it's a little bit different guy who suffered the damage in this case did not have permission to be inside this chater in the first in the ratio. in the ratio. correct he did not have permission to bring his animal in therefore it functions like a chater, uh, um, like Rashid Harabim for his purposes that is it's not his property right. and therefore Rabbi Tarfon would say he only gets chatzinezek right. but if he had permission to be there then Rabbi Tarfon would say he gets full damage from the Baal Hashor from the Baal Hashor from, the, from Levi the third party okay so Birushus have like Karen the Chatzir Hanizak who Mishal Nesak Shalem Shalom Birushus have like Karen Birushus Harabim Velo Mishal Me'el Chatzinezek that's just saying what we already said that is which case so Rabbi Tarfon Shita now again remember you have to say Rabbi Tarfon was rejected so the fact that this Brita must be interpreted according to Rabbi Tarfon's Shita is a little bit uh, difficult, but that's ha- that's the only way it seems to make sense of it because the first part is taking the level of shmira necessary from the owner of the property to a full extreme. That is, who is responsible if someone breaks into my property and kills someone else's animal? Oh, it, it was my fault because I didn't guard the animal well enough. Well, that would be absurd. Okay. I'm sorry. So wait. So, so what would the Chachamim say? So the the everyone who disagrees with Rabbi Tarfon, who says that you don't pay Nezek Shalem for a short time, even in Chatzer Anisak, then all we're talking about here is the fact that you would always pay um, you would always pay Chatzer Nezek even in Rashid Hanizak, and then there would be no difference between the two cases of whether there was Rashid or not. Then they would both be cases where you would pay Chatzinezek, where the owner of the shore, the, of the goring shore, would pay Chatzinezek. So it, according to Rabbanan, there would be no difference between whether there was permission or not, and then it, it would make no sense to distinguish between them. So it must be Rabbi Tarot. So it means the other bride that we had yesterday also but was that because of Rabbi Tarfon? No, that was based on our Mishnah. This is because Rabbi Tarfon has a unique shita about Karen Bechatzer Hanizak. Okay. I'm sorry, that was based on our Mishnah, then our Mishnah would be wrong. No, because the Mishnah is talking about the level of Shmira that the Baal HaChatzer has to have over the animal that's brought in, Birushut or not Birushut, things like that. Okay, so that, that was the point, is that if we interpret this Brita that way, it won't make sense. We have to interpret it according to Rabbi Tarfon, which is in a totally different sphere. Okay. The certain woman went up to a house to bake there. Okay? So, Ata Baruch HaDemari Debeita Achla Lelisha. The goat of the owner of the house came and ate her dough. Chavil mate, and he got damaged and, and died. So the goat, the owner of the house's goat, ate the woman's dough, and the goat died because it overate. We saw this already, the question of animals overeating. So Chayava, she's, she's liable for the death of the goat. Uh, so, so, sorry. Chayava, Rava, Lashalume, Dine Barcha. 
the Rava made her pay for the uh, the price of the goat. So Lema did, did she have permission to be there? So it sounds like she did have permission to be there, but we're gonna have to see. So Lema Peligia de Rav, maybe Rava disagrees with Rav de Amarav. Why? Because Rav had said, it's up to the animal's best, uh, you know, the animal has its own sense of when it should stop eating, and if it overeats to the point that it's going to die, that's the animal's fault. It's not the person's fault for having left the food out. So, no, it must have been, in that case, it was without permission. And, and therefore, the person who came into the house did not accept upon herself or himself responsibility for the property of the homeowner. In this case, where it was with permission that she came to bake her bread, so she accepted upon herself a certain level of shmira over the animal while it was in her right, in the house. Sense. If she trespasses, she gets off easier than if she gets there. Ah, so let's see. If you're trespassing, you've accepted no responsibility over the property of the homeowner. So if the homeowner's goat comes and does something to my property, comes and eats my dough, well then it's it's his fault. It was the goat's fault. But if I came with permission... But they wouldn't have to pay you for your dough. I come to do some work in your kitchen and then your oven burn, uh, lights on fire and burns down. To a certain extent, you could say that makes sense, that that's my fault. Because even though it's your property, the fact that you allowed me to come in means I have accepted responsibility for what damages take place while I'm there. Now, we're going to have to see there's going to be a stipulation. So, How is this different than a case where a woman came to grind her wheat? Not to bake the bread, but to grind the wheat. And the animal came and ate the wheat and was damaged. And we say patur. The im but if the animal, sorry, that no, sorry, patur, that right, that animal is patur for eating the wheat, and if the animal was damaged, chayavet, the animal uh, she has to pay for damage to the animal. So time is That was because there was without permission. Ha birishus patur. Maybe we should say if she came with permission, then she should be patur for the damage caused to the animal. And what's the difference? Because grinding wheat does not require a level of a higher level of tsniut, the homeowner will still be around while she's guard, while she's grinding the wheat, and therefore the homeowner is still responsible for the animal. But in the case of baking, yeah, so not responsible for the animal. No, Shalobir, she came without permission, yeah. and then the animal came and got damaged, so she would be patur in a case where it was habirushut um, patur, if it was with permission. She comes to grind her wheat, and she got permission of the homeowner, and the homeowner is still around because she doesn't need any level of tniut for grinding wheat. Then the goat came and ate the wheat and died. She will be patur, patura because the homeowner should have guarded the goat. And if the goat just ate and didn't die, the homeowner will be chayav for the wheat. Correct. And in the case where she was coming to bake the dough, because baking bread requires a higher level of tenut. Is rolling up your... Well, let's see. Rashi says... Uh, we're going to see in the Gemara. Uh, Rashi says... So, so the Chatsi Okay, okay so Rami Natrusa. So in that case, when, when she came... Then uh, she accepted the Shmirah. Vala Meifa came and he Tsniuta. So Marva to the Chatzer Misalki Nafshaihu. Since baking bread requires a higher level of Tsniut, the homeowner will say, "Okay, I'm going to come back in an hour." And therefore, she accepted on herself the responsibility to watch out for the animal. If you look in Rashi, 
So Rashi says, Lamefa by its what what higher level of tniut do you need for baking? As Michael noted, she rolls up her sleeves when she's kneading the dough because she doesn't want to get her shirt sleeves dirty. The question is, how far up do you roll your sleeves to be a compromising level of tenut? That's an interesting question. Uh, it's unclear from the Gemara. The point is that grinding wheat, you don't change the way you're dressed in any way. So there's no problem of tenut. Uh, but to bake bread, uh, where you would need to roll up your sleeves in some way, there could be, uh, or it was presumably very common, that the women would not do that while the men were around. Okay, so wait, so in that case, then what, what's the law again? Is, is so in that case, then, it must be that for the case of baking, where she has, she's come with permission, and the owner know, homeowner knows she's there, so the homeowner will know that she wants privacy, so he'll leave. It must be then that she has accepted upon herself responsibility for the animals while the homeowner is gone. And therefore, if the goat came and ate the dough and died, it's her fault. It's not the goat's fault. But, but if the goat didn't die and ate the dough, then... Then the everyone died. is patur. Oh, he wouldn't be high Correct. No, he's not high for the dough. Because again, it's her fault. She should have guarded the goat from eating the dough. And if she came shalobi shoot to bake? If she came shalobi shoot, but there's no difference between baking and not baking if it was shalobi shoot. The point, the difference between baking and grinding is that the homeowner knew in the case of grinding he would still be there so he's responsible for the animal but in the case of baking he would have left so she becomes responsible for so the animal. If you were baking or grinding without your shoes right, so and the animal died she did not accept upon herself any Then she's, she, she's Ptura. So it's a strange thing though. Right? It is very strange. What the elephant in the room is, it never would have happened if she had broken into the house to decide to do... But again, what happened? The animal should have known not to overeat to the point of death. So the, the only assumption here is that the animal is a bar dot on some level. The animal has a certain amount of animal instinct. We've seen that throughout the right. Right. That animals can be expected to have a certain threshold. I mean, that's the difference between a shore and a boar, or a shore and aish, really. Aish, besides ruach uh, acher, uh, uh, whatever it is. Um, um, I'm forgetting the exact question. Uh, not ruach but that the koach acheret. Uh, um, that Aish, fine, whatever about that, but that, that Aish is not alive. An animal is alive. An animal has a certain amount of, you can't say das, but a certain amount of awareness or a certain amount of knowledge. Like we say, the question of whether you have kavan lahazik or not. Well, an animal can have kavan lahazik or not. That's the difference between Karen and Shane, right? So an animal can have intent. An animal can have a will. So an animal should know not to eat too much. Okay, now, again, some animals are maybe not so smart. I'm sorry, didn't we say in Huska Chayevet? In Huska Chayevet, in the case, sorry, going back, um... Tama Shalom Bereshut. Tama Shalom Bereshut. So she is Chayev for Zikin Shalom Bereshut. Which case? Right. No, but that lay my plea. No, so so patur the owner of the goat for eating the and the thing, the imhuzka chayevet if time a shalobish okay fine. No, so you'll say no, but that's because it was with the baking. That is, if it was birishut, it means you accepted. Shmira on yourself because of the tenut. The normal case is grinding the wheat and whether it's birishut or not birishut. The baking adds an extra layer which is that she accepted upon herself Shmira of the animal. And that's the difference. That's why it gets confusing. Because the normal case the grinding the wheat birishut and the animal comes and eats the wheat tura. 
the fact that makes her chayevet is because when she comes to bake, she wants privacy, so she takes upon herself the shmirah of the animal. Now, you should again ask, why did the owner not bring the goat with him? But that's it. Okay. Okay, you brought your animal into someone else's property. So I'm a rubber. We have three cases from rubber, each one kind of going into some of the details about boar, and we're going to see. So I'm a rubber. You brought your animal into someone else's property. Without permission. And then the animal dug some holes. I got a question about this a few weeks ago, and I was not yet familiar with this Gemara, and I answered it, I think, incorrectly. So I'm glad I got to learn this now. So the animal came and dug some holes in someone else's property. Bal Hashor Chayab Benizkei Chatzir. The owner of the animal has to pay for the repair to the field or to the ground. That makes sense. Ubal Chatzir Chayab Benizkei Habor. But. And now, we have to read the Ravid on this, but we'll have to see. So the Baal HaChatzer, the owner of the property, becomes liable for damage caused by the boar. That is, once the animal has created the boar, the owner of the property becomes chayv. So you'll say, how does that happen? So the Ravid has a very sharp explanation. The Ravid says like this. The Ravid says the whole way it works is because you were initially chayv for Nizkei Hashor. That is, the animal dug the hole. Why? The Ravid says, Once the owner of the animal has paid for the damage to the ground for digging the holes, from his perspective, it's like he already filled them in. That is, he paid for the damage. And now it becomes the responsibility of the owner of the property. That is, once he's paid back, it makes sense to say now it's his responsibility. It's like only once he paid, it sounds like from the right. Because Right. Or the question of Hefker becomes important for Bor, right? We have Machlokas between Rav and Shmuel about whether or not a boar can function as a uh, to make you chayev unless you made it hefker or not because if you dug the hole well maybe it's it's your property so you shouldn't be chayev anyway okay so we're going to have to see so okay so why so even though the we have a drasha ki kreish bor velo shor bor it's only if a person digs the hole, but not if an animal dug the hole. Because if an animal du- animal dug the hole, it would be some kind of grammar, or it's too far removed. You can't claim responsibility for that. But the point is that in this case, because it was in someone else's property, and you already paid, or perhaps already were even liable to pay, there's some transfer of ownership there of the holes that makes the property owner responsible for the holes. So you see? Okay. Kevan de isle velo kamalia... The fact that he should have filled them in and did not fill it in, it's like he dug it himself. Um, okay. For future damages caused by the boar. That is, if something came and someone else came and fell in the boar and was injured, then the owner of the chatzer will be uh, liable. Well, right. Now, well, nothing happened yet. Yes. Well, is this parallel to the Tchinatchitim case above? In other words, he, I brought my shore into your property, Shalobarashut, and these bow roads are still there. And they were paid for. They already, he, he paid you, the guy who's who short. So they're your bow road. My shore is now in your property without permission. Or even the shore has left already. Now they are bow road in your property. I understand, right. but now they're gone there without permission. Right. You're still chayav? You're the Balachatzer? The Balachatzer is chayav, according to the Ravid, because at that point he already assumed responsibility for it. Perhaps not. Perhaps even just at the point where 
he left them around long enough that he should have filled them in and did not yet fill them in it's as if he dug them himself if you look in Rashi Rashi actually is a very nice explanation the long Rashi um, sorry the, the upcoming Rashi in the next case is going gonna, is gonna to fill us in a little bit about some of the details about the boar uh, sorry about the pun okay Commander uh, Karidama also to note Yaakov uh, uh, says to Yosef about the um, the grave that he dug in Marat HaMachpelah Asher Karitili right and Mepharshim there have a, a big machloket about what does that actually mean but obviously from the Aramaic uh, cognate it sounds like it pretty obviously means to dig the hole to dig the grave okay okay of course we have we have other things to do with it. at least out there Chapshat you brought your animal into someone else's property without permission Vehezik at Balhabait and the animal damaged the property owner or Balhabait Huzakbo or he got damaged uh, passively by the animal like he tripped over it while it was asleep or something Chayav so he's Chayav that is it's your fault why was your animal doing in this person's property so Ravat Patur now it sounds like Ravat means sitting down the animal sat down then you should be patur, but that doesn't make any sense. Mushum de ravat patur. The fact that the animal sat down makes you patur. That even though it was shelobirushus, amarav papa my ravat shehir beats galalim venatsu kelav shabalabait. No, it means that the animal, um, the animal defecated in the property, and the property owner's clothing or or kelim got uh, dirtied by that, soiled. got soiled from that. The havia galalim bore because the waste is considered to be bore. It's a stationary um, uh, property, hezek. Because there's a special exemption of kelim from bore, and therefore, the, the issue is that the animal did not directly cause any damage. The animal created a bore, similar to our animal dug the bore problem, but here the only damage was to kelim. If the damage is to kelim, bore is, is patur. If you look in the long Rashi, long Rashi, not two kelav, Rashi there, explains a little bit about the previous case. So it says, If your camel fell over and you did not upright the animal quickly, then it's considered to be bore. Even though you didn't dig the hole as if, The fact is that at the time the animal fell over, or the fact that the waste fell out of the animal, it belonged to you, the aleha, the alei le saluke, and it was your responsibility to remove it, kimo de karie ihudami. It's like it belongs, it's your responsibility. That is, Rashi says two criteria. Number one, it belonged to you at the time the damage was created, and number two, it was your responsibility to, to resolve that issue, to clean it up, to upright the animal, to fix the problem. Okay. Ah, so we're going to get to that. That's in the Gemara. Coming up. Fine. This all makes sense according to Shmuel. Why? Because Shmuel said any takala, right? Any stationary takala is considered to be bore. Rav says it has to be hefker in order to count as bore. Okay, so No, most animal waste is considered to be hefker at the point where it comes out of the animal. There's obviously a lot of nafkeminas regarding this for pooper-scooper laws and things like that in, in, in terms of um, public uh, care for animal waste uh, you know, from dogs especially. So it's important to consider that. There. So that's the part of the difference. Uh, you know, Tsuros, we say, is by regel. Uh, it's a little bit different. Uh, we saw that the animal gets a hana 
from from relieving itself, so it's more like a shane, uh, so we don't have tsaros in the same way that was uh, came up relatively early in the Masechta, but it was a machok between Rashi and Rabbeinu Hananel about that. I forget exactly the details. Okay. Uh, yeah. Didn't we have a case earlier where uh, there was an issue about uh, someone got benefit from an amaral defecating because it was great fertilizer? Uh, no, I'm not remembering it. fertilizer. <laughs> I'm remembering that the animal, the animal got benefit from relieving itself. Well, and there was fertilizer that was left in the middle of the road, and it's a question of whether, right. whether you know, as people like turn it over to pick it up and stuff like that. Right. Who who owns it at what point? Okay. So we have now a third case from Rava. I'm a Rava. A person entered into someone else's property. Now, this is about Adam Hanizak. Now, we're not talking about Shor. A person went into someone else's property without permission. And damaged the owner. Oh, Or the owner was damaged, either tripped over him, something like that. But if the Balabait damaged the person who came in, then he's Patur. So, we'll have to see. So, who's Chayav? We would think. The person who entered without permission is uh, is chayav for the, any damage to the balabait. And if the property owner hurt hurt this person, he should be patur. So that seems strange. I'm not a papa. Well, I'm run as the have a yadbe. It's only if he didn't know he was there. It's very close to a baba Something like that, I mean, which it's is not the same. But well, it's, we we know adam muad leolam. That is, if I trip over you or kick you by accident while you're asleep in my yard. I should be patur? So it must be Dilohavayadabe. And this goes back to the Mahloka between Ramban and Tosfot. We saw earlier that in a case of Ones Gamur, you didn't have any knowledge that this person was there at all. So in a case of Ones Gamur, Ramban thinks you're still Chayav. And Tosfot thinks you're patur. So this is an interesting proof for the position of Tosfot. Because Dilohavayadabe, the fact that you didn't know about it, Rav Papa says, so that's what makes you patur. If you knew that the person was there, if the balhabait damages this trespasser, he's still chayav. My time. You have permission to remove me from your property. You don't have any permission to damage me. That is the only way you have an obligation, even someone who is, who, and this is different than Baba Makhtar. Baba Makhtar will have to see in Sanhedrin in case of someone who is tunneling into your property for, uh, for nefarious purposes to come steal from you perhaps even with uh, willing to kill you and in this case we see permission to make that assumption correct in this case this is just a person stom trespassing someone who came to sleep in my front yard someone who came to, to use my barbecue without permission he's not stealing he's not with any violent intent and in this case so he says, you have permission to remove me from your property. You don't have permission to damage me, to injure me. What that means is you actually have responsibility for a non-violent solution to the problem, which is very interesting. That is, you can't resort to violence to remove this person from your property. You have to go to something that's not going to... Or if you do, you're high to pay the, pay the damage. Exactly. How do you know? And, and that's with the Gemara and Sanhedrin deals exactly with that case, which is what's it, when, when is a case of Baba Makhtarek considered to be a capital case or not? So we say, um, the Pasuk says, Im Zarach Hashem the sun shines on him. So we understand that to mean, if it's a case where it's clear to you, so clear that he's not coming with dangerous intent, then you don't have permission to, to take, to injure him or to kill him. 
But if it's a case where even if you're unsure, so someone's coming to kill you, you have to defend yourself first. That's the road ace. So and there's some interest. I mean, that's a whole fun sugi, but that's coming up in already. That's going to happen a lot of ways. It could be right. accidental, where the animals just wandered onto the property or something. Right. And they got lost or something. Well, this is a person. The person got lost. Right. I wandered into somebody else's field. Right. It doesn't have to be... You know, exactly. Intentional. Right. Exactly. Right, but it's an interesting thing of like how, where do we who's right in favor of like I don't know if it's accidental or not, right? right? Yeah. And like maybe you can right. Right. Yeah. 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 It's always just interesting to note we had this is now the third memra of Rava that we've seen. The second and third each have had a qualifying statement by Rav Papa. Rav Papa clarified the statement about Ravas. Ravas doesn't mean to be sitting down. It meant the case where the animal had um, made waste in the person's property. And here, uh, Rav Papa is coming to clarify the difference between Havayadebe and Lo Havayadebe. Uh, okay. The Azula Tamaihu, it fits their normal reasoning. The Amarava, the Rav Papa, or it fits either what Rava said or perhaps what Rav Papa said. Shinehem Birishut, O Shinehem Shilobirishut, if two people are there either with permission or without permission, that is, two people are in Rishut Harabim or two people are in Hatzer Hashut that they're both joint owners of or two people are both trespassing in somebody else's property without permission so if they damage each other then they're obligated to pay and if they accidentally get damaged then they're each patur they're only equivalent since they both had the same rights regarding the property. That is, they were either both allowed to be there or both not allowed to be there. If one was there with permission, one not. That is, one is the owner and one is trespassing or something like that. The one who has permission will be patur. With the qualifier, of course, Patur only if he did not know that the other person was there, according to Rav Papa, because that's what makes it Ones Gamur. Otherwise, we still have to say Adam Muad Leola. Okay. Nafala bor v'hivish mimav chayav. If an animal fell into a bore and then the water got spoiled, the water now has a dead animal in it. So then the owner of the animal is chayav for the damage caused to the water. That was in our Mishnah. Amar Rava. It only makes sense to say this if the water became spoiled at the time that the animal fell into the well. But after the animal fell in, that is, and the animal carcass starts to rot over several weeks, then it will be patur. My time, have a sure bore. The dead animal has become a boar, a stationary hezek. Um, the Mayan kalim, and the water is considered to be kalim. Interestingly enough, it's considered kalim. Uh, it is weird. I thought that to myself as you were If we remember the Tosfot in the first parak, Tosfot says that food, there's at least some kind of a machloket about how does food get qualified. Is food like the animal, uh, it was an animal schlepping a load of food that fell into a boar. So is the food that was damaged considered to be kalim, or is the food considered to be part of the animal because it's more like, like uh, it's edible or it's movable or something? So that's part of the question here. But here, maim is considered to be kalim. Rashi says kol chafetzim kekalim Any objects are considered to be kalim. That is not animals and not people. Anything else is kalim, according to Rashi. Because the boar has damaged kalim, that is, the dead cow rotting in the well over time, which is stationary, which is boar, has damaged kalim, that's patur. Okay. I'm sorry, I don't remember if there's reasoning for that. It's in the, that's the Zerah yeah. It's just, 
Zerahakim doesn't have reasoning. It's just how it is. That's the rule. And that's part of, this is a, another answer to the question of what, when we said, we saw that, um, a complicated Gemara a few uh, what about a week and a half ago about when the Romans came uh, more than a week and a half ago um, that the Romans came and they learned Nizikin and they were troubled by the fact that non-Jews don't have the same standing in Halakha as Jews regarding Nizikin but in fact it makes a lot of sense which is to say there are the logical parts of Nizikin which are very reasonable and then there are all sorts of strange exceptions and strange loopholes and, and all kinds of things the fact that a boar will be patur for Kalim is a special thing from the Torah. Why should that apply to non-Jews? That doesn't make any sense. That's something from us that we got from God. It's not logical or intrinsic to the system. Yeah, if we're talking about the ox uh, rotting in the well, yeah. wouldn't the trespasser be responsible to have taken it out before that? Point? I don't know. Maybe it's too hard. Well, the fact that he's chayav for the damage means that it was his responsibility to have to remove it. But meaning he doesn't have to remove it. It's just whatever damage it causes while it's there, he's going to be hived to pay for. But we're saying once it's rotting, he's not responsible because it's, you have this other... Well, he's not chayav because of a special exemption. You could, then you can get into the question, does patur really mean he's totally off the hook or does it mean he's patur midine adam but he has a, a ethical responsibility? But shouldn't he be responsible to take it out before it rots? That's a very good question, but it sounds like not. Sounds like he has no real responsibility. Getting a 2,000-pound right. out of a well, right. Non-trivial. Right. It's not trivial, for sure. Especially, I mean, even now, when you know, to be able to, you know, you know when uh, Timmy fell down the well and Lassie had to go get whatever, you know, these are yeah. complicated issues. Okay, so Hani Chalish Muel. This is fine for Shmuel. The Amar Kolta Kalaborhu, right? It's always easier for Shmuel because Shmuel is the one who says everything is bore. Ela Rab, the Amar but Rav, who requires that it be Hefker, so Ma'ikil and Amar, what can we say to defend Rav's position? Obviously, the owner of the ox still owns the carcass, so it's not Hefker. Right, but if he can't get it out... But he didn't have... I don't know. He says, I'm going to come back and get the bones. You know, I want the... He, he, he had not been that mafkir. It's what? It's still sure. But he have to... No, exactly. It's still sure. And therefore, he should be high up for Kaylee. still sure. He's a bone. But now we have a much better answer. So Why? An ox carcass is, is great for dog food, you know, until it starts to rot. But. So you're now you're talking about Yehush Shalomidas. But, so that's interesting. And is Yehush the same as Hefker? Which are both big big questions. Okay. So what can we say for Rav? And now we have a better answer. That's really the answer, which is that the answer for Shmuel is overly simplistic. We want a deeper answer, and this is going to get back to a major question we have. So, This is how we should say, It's your only chayav if the animal started to rot from itself. If the water became repugnant, not because of the actual substance of the cow, but from only from the smell of the cow, it's only grama. The grama Grama Benazikin, we know you're patur. You have an ethical obligation to remove it, it's asr, but it's not, you're not chayev to pay the damages. Ramban, in his Kuntras Dina de Garmi, says, I don't understand this Gemara. The Gemara is not Grama. It's not fully indirect. This should be Garmi. This should be medium indirect case. Why? Because obviously the cow is the one causing the smell. Fine, you're going to tell me the smell was, is one step removed because of the cow, but it still was a totally inevitable result. So Ramban thinks this is Garmi, and then he says, he has to answer the Gemara. Why does this Gemara um, conclude that, that Grama is a good answer? So first, 
first piece of data that he has is that the Rift doesn't quote this sugi at all. So maybe this sugi is not even the halach. That's possibility number one. Possibility number two, Ramban says, maybe there's a difference between um, Nizke Mamon and Adam Hamazik. Nizke Mamon, perhaps, when an animal causes damage, maybe there is no distinction between uh, Grama and Garmi. Maybe the distinction between Grama and Garmi is only by a person causing damage because th- those fine differences in indirect damage, indirect cause, are only going to be meaningful regarding a person but not regarding the animal causing damage. So it's just an interesting uh, piece here which is that the Gemara seems to assert very straightforwardly that this is a case of Grama. Ramban, based on his definition, thinks it can't be Grama. And he has to explain then how does the Sugi make any sense. The Garmi is closer to direct right, it's causation. Exactly. It, but it's, it's still not direct direct. It's a little bit indirect. It's also, but a co- it's also almost like a passive concept. Like you have Reach, in other words like the Reach. Right. The Reach is less intrinsic to the object than the animal itself. Right. Okay. The Mishnah had said, if the property owner's son or father were in the boar and the animal fell on top of them in the boar and killed them, then he has to pay kofer. The owner of the animal has to pay kofer. So the Amai ha-tamhu. Why should you pay kofer? The animal is a tam. Because whoever heard of an animal mu'ad for falling into holes? Right? So let's see. So the Amarav, the Muad li pol al adam No, we must be talking about a case of an animal that was Muad for this very rare case. That is, multiple times has fallen on top of people in a well. And survived, gotten pulled out of the well, and lived to fall on top of people again. The only thing I would say, just to make this a little bit more, like, I think bull roads are cisterns and not wells, and they're actually bigger. They were certainly wider than what we're imagining. Right. right. It's not like the kind of well. It could be less deep. We know a bore could be as shallow as ten tzvachim. Right. So, so uh, the cisterns are different than... That's certainly true. Our swimming pools could yeah. certainly be considered... A, an empty, a dry swimming pool is certainly a bore. Yeah, exactly. Um, so... There's a whole lot of secular law about liability for swimming pools. That's certainly true. So they have a lot to build on here. So this is a town also where father and sons have a habit of hanging out. Ah, so we're going to see. It's a machlokas Because the women are kneading the dough and they need... <laughs> the men go to... Okay. So let's the men had to leave the house, right? Okay, so we have to see. Okay, so So then, if the animal is muad, then the animal should be killed. It shouldn't just be enough to pay kofer. The animal has to be killed. No, the animal saw some vegetables growing at the edge of the boar and went to munch on them and then fell in. So it's not actually a problem of Karen, the animal. I, uh, jumped into the hole in order to kill someone but the animal was just minding its own business eating and this is a talada of Shane and therefore it doesn't have Kavan al-Hazik and therefore the animal wouldn't be killed forget Muad it still would have to be Muad in order to pay Kofer but the animal then three times in a row must have been munching the grass at the edge of the hole and fallen in that's how so far how we are just it doesn't have Kavan al-Hazik exactly because that, that way the animal then must not have been a uh, barkatal. The animal it doesn't deserve to be killed. Okay, Shmuel has a different explanation. Shmuel Amar. So th- this was all an explanation so far of Rav. That is, Rav said that it was a case. It must have been a muad animal, muad to fall on top of people in holes. And oh, so how come we don't kill the animal? It must have been that the animal did not jump in to kill people. It jumped in to eat the vegetables. So it was Toledo of Shane and not Karen. 
Shmuel Amar, Shmuel has a different approach. Shmuel Amar, Hamani, Rabbi Yossi Haglilihi. Must be Rabbi Yossi Haglilihi. What is Rabbi Yossi Haglilihi? Amar, Tam, Mishalim, Chatzi, Kofer. No. Forget Muad. Obviously, we're not talking about an animal that three times in a row fell on top of people in a hole. It must have been a Tam. But Rabbi Yossi Haglili thinks there is such a thing as Chatzi Kofer. First time we've seen this concept? I don't think so. I think it came up a few times. It was on Tedvav and Kafvav. So here you can add Memchedem and Bet to the list. Uh, Rabbi Yossi Haglili thinks there is such a thing as Chatzi Kofer. That is, Kofer... You pay full kofer when an animal kills someone, the animal is a muad and kills someone. And you pay chatsi kofer if a tam animal kills someone. To a certain extent, makes a lot of sense. Uh, but again, it depends on how you understand what kofer is and how much of a kzera hakatuv is it, how much of it is a kapara, all sorts of things like that. And how much is chatsi nezek that a tam pays just half of what the muad animal pays? Well, then so chatsi kofer as well. But if they're very different things. Okay, so Mishal and Chatzik Hofer. Now, Ula has a third approach. Ula's, Ula Amar, Rabbi Yossi Haglili, he de'amar ke Rabbi Tarfon. It must be a combination of Shitot. It must be Rabbi Yossi Haglili, who thinks there is such a thing as Chatzik Kofer, that is, a Tam animal can pay some kind of Kofer, and Rabbi Tarfon de'amar Karen bechatzer hanizak, nezek shalem mishalem. That, if the Karen caused damage in chatzer hanizak, pays full damages for a Tom animal. Why? That is in combination Rabbi Yossi Haglili and Rabbi Tarfon would say you pay full kofer if a Tom animal causes a death in Chater Hanizak, which is exactly the case we're talking about, and that's why the Mishnah did not say Chatsi Kofar, which would fit Rabbi uh, Yossi Haglili Shita, but actually said Kofar, seemingly Kofar Shalem. So you have to combine Rabbi Tarfon and Rabbi Yossi Haglili Shita. Interestingly enough, Rabbi Akiva Eger in Gilion Hashaf, in a very small print, says, I don't understand why it has to be both combination of Rabbi Yossi Haglili and Rabbi Tarfon. The way I just explained it, it only makes sense if it's a combination of their Shitot. So, Sarah Yun, we'll have to leave Rabbi Akiva Eger for another time. So Ula's position makes sense. It makes sense, he said, that it was his father or his son who was there. That is, the specificity of who was in the hole, who died, indicates to us that it was the people who were there are there with permission, are the partial owners in the property to the extent that when they are killed, according to combination Rabbi Yossi Haglili and Rabbi Tarfon, you would pay full kofer. Ella Lishmuel, but Shmuel's position, which was that it was an animal mu'ad, no, sorry, not Shmuel's position, it was a tam animal for falling into holes in Rishut HaRabim, and we hold like Rabbi Yossi Haglili who says a tam animal pays chatsi kofer, so Shmuel, so then what why do you have to specify that it's the father or the son of the owner? Afilu echad. It could just be anybody. Echad nami, acher nami. It could be just anybody else. So orche de milta katani. No, it's just the normal way of things. That is, it's talking about a case that was possible, which is who would be in somebody's hole? Oh, it must have been someone related to the owner of the hole. And not that that has any legal significance, according to Shmuel. So Ula is making a. Ula is forced into his extremely dachuk position, that is, it's based on a combination of two minority shitot, that is, neither of which we hold by, and which we don't necessarily have any precedent for knowing that they work together. So Ula has to explain this Mishnah according to uh, a rejected shita combined with another rejected shita, which we never saw that they were combined before. So Ula's position is very difficult to explain the Mishnah. Shmuel's position makes more sense, but then you have a dangling clause in the Mishnah. Why does it say, Avivu Bno? 
So he says, okay, that's like the way it was. It doesn't, there's no reason. It doesn't have to say that. Okay. Next. The Mishnah had ended off with a line that sort of seemed to be a little bit dangling, if you remember, uh, turning back a little bit just to see the Mishnah. So the Mishnah had said, um, okay, that, that if you brought the animal in or if you entered in with permission of the Baal Chatzar, you're Chayav. So who is Chayav? And, and we have to see. So it, Rav Amar Tanakama. Because we saw there was a machloke between Tanakama and Rebbe. Sorry, I, I wanted to see the Mishnah, the length of the Mishnah. So the Mishnah is on Memzai Namid Aleph. The Mishnah said, So Hichnis, Okay, it's right at the end. If you came in with permission of the owner of the property, you're Chayav. Rebbe Omer Bikulan, Eino Chayav Ad Shikabel Alav Lishmor. The property owner is only Chayav if he accepted responsibility to watch over the property. That is, he only, if he became a Shomer. If he didn't become a Shomer, it's not his responsibility. So, Itmar, Rav Amar Hilchata Rav thinks the Halacha is like Tanakama, that you're Chayav. As soon as you brought it in, Birushut, the owner has accepted some liability for your property. Okay. Shmuel Amar Kirebi. Shmuel thinks the Halacha is like Rebbe, that it's only if he actually accepted to be a Shomer. It's not, not Stam. Tanur Banan. A little bit cryptic. He said, Bring in your ox. Vishamro, and he watched it. So Hezik, Chayav, if it caused damage, then he is Chayav, the property owner, because he accepted upon himself to be the Shomer. Huzak, and if he got damaged, Patur. Then it's, it's not the owner of the animal's responsibility, because the property owner had accepted responsibility. But if he had said, bring in your animal and I will watch it, Huzak Chayav, if he got damaged, then he's Chayav. Hezik, Patur. And if it caused damage, then Patur. That is the other way. That is, the owner of the animal is no longer liable because the property owner has accepted property. So Hagufa Kasha. So doesn't, isn't this a Kasha on um, Shmuel's position who said it should follow like, um, sorry, it's Kasha on Rav because Rav said, even Stam, you've accepted upon yourself the, the Shmira. So Amar, Knosor Chav Shamro, Hezik Chayav, Huzak Patur. Tamid Amrle, Shamro. Because he said to him, uh, watch the, uh, shamru, like watch the animal, the chayav bal hashor, upatur bal chater. Because there was no agreement on the part of the bal chater to the request of the bal hashor. So the bal hashor is still chayav and the bal chater is patur. Ha, stama. But if it was totally stam, that is, he had never even made the request and certainly never agreed to it. Chayav bal chater, upatur bal hashor. And you're going to tell me that in a case of stam, then the fact that he never even made the request that that should be even more liable for him to be because in, in a Stam case he's accepted upon himself uh, to watch over the animal so then how do you fit that with the Seifa because the Seifa said I will watch it so if you're saying I will watch it the whole reason is because he said I will watch it that's the reason why the property owner becomes Chayav and the owner of the animal becomes Patur but otherwise if he hadn't said anything then you should say the opposite that the animal's owner should be Chayav and the property owner should be Patur because in the Stam case he never accepted upon himself to be a Shomer so we have to say and Reisha Rabbanan Seifa Rebbe it must be the beginning part fits like Rabbanan that is even Stam you do accept upon yourself uh, um, 
the Shmira and the Seifa is according to Rebbe. And that is, the, even though they fit very nicely, it probably has to have interpolated in the middle the first part, the Resha clause, says, and then, the Amar Rebbe, the Seifa. That's the way you have to understand it for it to make sense. Amar Rebbe Lazar, Tavra, Mishishinazo, Loshinazo. So if it broke, um, that is, if it went and broke something, the animal went to break something in the person's property. So Mishishina, Mishishana Zo, that if the fact that it made the change, that is the, 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 um, the Rabbanat, what? Exactly, right. How can you, how can one, one Atana have taught the same, the same Braita? So Kula We have to understand that this Braita must entirely be the Rabbanan Shita. That is, Stam, you did accept upon yourself the Shemira. And then what do we say? So he, Idi Dinasi Reisha, Shamro, the fact that the Reisha says, watch what that he had requested please watch the animal and the Seifa had said I will watch it and that's the difference because Shamro is, who is speaking the Baal Hashor is speaking but we don't hear the answer of Baal HaKatser and in the Seifa Ani Yashmerenu is the Baal HaKatser answering the Baal Hashor saying I will watch it that is he act- actively agreed and that's the difference who is speaking so Rav Papa Amar Kula Rabbi Rav Papa disagrees with Rava so Rav Papa thinks the entire Brita is Rebbe the Savarlach Rebbe Tarfon and it must be because Rebbe agrees to Rebbe Tarfon why the Amar Karen Bechatzer Hanizak Nezek Shalem Mishalem that you pay um, you pay Nezek Shalem for Karen Tam in Chatzer Hanizak so what happened that's why you would say that the Baal Hashor is Chayav if there was no Shmira and that the Baal Chatzer is Chayav for if there was Shmir, but that means even even um, yeah, full full damages. Shamro. That's why he said guard it because he was worried that his if his animal would cause damage, he would not even be paying Chatzinezik. He would actually be paying full Nezik, and he was very worried about that, even though it was a Tom animal. So so and he did not grant him uh, ownership of any property in the chater because that's what makes it chater hanizak, right? The owner of the property uh, is the animal is not owned by the same person as the property. So according to Rabbi Tarfon, you would have to pay full damages. The habilei karen bechater hanizak, the karen bechater hanizak, nezek shalem. According to Rabbi Tarfon, so therefore me bringing my animal to someone else's field, at, uh, someone else's chater. And I, so he said, and I say, please watch this animal. I'm saying that because you did not give me rights to the land, and therefore it's my animal in someone else's property. If my animal causes damage, he, I'm going to have to pay full liability. And I wanted to get out of that, so I so said, the please Bala watch Shor it. says to the Balachatzer, watch my animal. Exactly, and that's why he gets off the hook. Is that isn't that tantamount to reshut? Is tantamount to being there for reshut? Yeah, for sure. But this is according to Rebbe, who says it doesn't work. Stam, if you came to Rashut, you have to explicitly mention the Shmira. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so, why did he have to ask him to watch the animal? Couldn't he just say, okay, so lease me part of the property, and then it will be the Habilei Chatzir Hashutafin, Vekaren Bechazir Hashutafin, and Mashalim Chatzinezek. And therefore, then the owner of the animal will only pay Chatzinezek, even according to Rabbi Tarfon, because it will be joint ownership. And that would be another solution. That's why, so he said, Amarle Shamro. Uh, please watch my animal. So he said, 
he said back to him, Akni, Akni, So it's, it's as if equivalent to asking for uh, um, property rights to the land. That is, he is, all he's looking for is a way of getting out of his full liability for the damage caused by this animal, which he knows is a tom. So he wants to avoid Rabbi Tarfon's Nezik Shalem by either having someone watch it for him, who assumes full responsibility for it, or really what he's asking is, please lease me part of your property so that maximally I'll only pay Nezik Shalem and not Chatzin Nezik. So that's the difference. And there we are, we're up to the next Mishnah. So we'll stop there. Sure. Yeah, I have a culture question. Do you sure. know how much culture is? I think...